Husker fans, this season Woodhouse is helping us celebrate 100 years of Memorial Stadium. On the Through These Gates podcast series, we are revisiting some of the most memorable and legendary games throughout a century full of them, played inside one of the most historic stadiums in all of college football. Today's episode takes us back to October 29, 1994. Sellout number 200 inside Memorial Stadium for number two, Colorado, versus number three, Nebraska. Heading into the 94 season, starting quarterback Tommy Frazier was a preseason Davey O'Brien and Heisman favorite. He led the Huskers to a 4-0 start before blood clots sidelined him prior to the fifth game of the season against Wyoming. His backup, Brooke Berenger, was also battling an injury, but was set to make the start against the Buffaloes, facing off against one of the then-Heisman frontrunners, Cordell Stewart. And the narrative that formed from the national media was if Nebraska could win without Frazier. Here's former Husker running back Damon Binning and assistant coach Ron Brown on the lead-up to the matchup. Well, it was huge. Um, I mean, obviously, you get two top, you know, both teams in the top three, and we kind of were awaiting word, you know, would there were rumblings that we may get Tommy back. Um, maybe we wouldn't. They kind of kept us in the dark about that, too, just to keep the speculation down. And obviously, Colorado was pretty talented. So that was just one of those games, Jess, I'll never forget. The level of excitement uh, was huge. And I'm not so sure if, if we had much love from the national media, but certainly in in our own locker room, we felt like we could get it done. I remember that game so vividly, and it's one of my favorite games of all time, partly because I recruited Brooke Berenger, mm -hmm. and Brooke, of course, uh, had taken over for the injured Tommy, who, had, who was dealing with the blood clots. Um, I, I remember it not only for the game itself, but for the two quarterbacks that played in that game, Cordell Stewart for uh, Colorado and Brooke Berenger. Back in, it was just a few years before that game, both of those guys were in high school. Cordell was the top-rated high school run-pass quarterback in America, USA Today All-American. Brooke Berenger was, was in obscurity out in, the, out in western Kansas. Not many people knew about him. And I remember we had Cordell in on a visit out of high school, and we had Brooke had come to our summer camp after his junior year. That's when we spotted him. And at the end of the day... Um, we decided that we wanted Brooke Berenger. And I remember a lot of people saying, what? Brooke Berenger over Cordell Stewart? And, and you know, Cordell had a lot of places to go. Uh, but but Co Coach Osmond was convinced that Brooke Berenger was our guy. And even though the fans were kind of like, mm, I don't know about that, um, look back on it, Cordell never beat us. And that was the head-to-head -head battle that I remember, you know, during the recruiting wars. That head-to-head that -head battle, Brooke Berenger versus Cordell Stewart. I had that in my mind that day. So 8-0 Nebraska against 7-0 Colorado. The winner would be in the driver's seat for a potential number one ranking, the Big 8 crown and the Orange Bowl. Stewart and the Buffaloes came in boasting the nation's number two offense, averaging over 40 points and 500 yards per game. First in the Big 8 in total offense, second in passing and rushing. After trading a pair of punts to start, the Huskers would get on the board first on a 14-yard score from fullback Corey Schlesinger with 547 in the first. And from there, the Huskers would dominate the first half. The black shirts were stifling. Colorado's first four drives resulted in three punts and a missed field goal. 
The Buffaloes did not manage a first down until under a minute in the first quarter. The Huskers added a field goal to go up 10-0, and with under a minute left in the first half, on first and goal, Clinton Childs' touchdown would give the Huskers a 17-0 lead at the half. The halftime stats paint the picture of the Huskers' dominance. 89 total yards, just 7 passing for Colorado. Nebraska with 234 total yards, 134 rushing, 100 passing, and time of possession, Huskers 21 minutes and 33 seconds to the Buffaloes 8 minutes and 27 seconds. Offensively, we had our way, and it was a thing of beauty. Coach Osborne called a great game. We ran some traps to Corey Schlesinger. Uh, we hit the tight ends across the middle on some. We, we play action them with some ISO action because we knew their linebackers were going to be downhill guys. And they were attacking our running backs on ISO plays. And so there was a, the safeties and the corners were deep. And so there was a, a natural hole right behind, right in the second level. So our tight ends, Mark Gilman, Eric Alford, were catching little kind of short you know, dunk routes right over the, the middle of the field for huge gains. You know, we wanted to continue to be good on third down um, on offense just because we knew if we could chew clock, um, they would have a hard time scoring. And I think we almost, I can't remember, that might have been the game, we almost doubled them in time of possession. So for us, we... we <laughs> It was just nose to the grindstone. We just keep cranking out yards. I mean, I think I had my, my huge three carries for like one yard, right? But it was one of those deals where nobody really had a great rushing day outside of the fullbacks. I mean, LP had his, even he was pretty workmanlike. I think he was like 25 or something for like 100, but it wasn't anything gaudy. It was just... Everybody was real workmanlike, and that was kind of what we invited. It wasn't going to be pretty. We just, we just wanted it to be effective. We thought those were the pretty guys, so we wanted to ugly it up. The Huskers' first drive of the second half would be highlighted by Brooke Berenger's 30-yard touchdown pass to Eric Alford as Nebraska took a 24-0 lead. Along with that passing touchdown, Berenger would finish 12-17 of 17 with 142 passing yards. The way we threw the ball, Brooke just shined. I think that was probably the game where everybody in America look at, could look out and say, that kid right there, that number 18 kid right there, he's a different kind of a Nebraska quarterback. He can run the ball pretty good, but he's a great thrower. He's a beautiful thrower. And I think both of them showed up that day. You know, he was just cool. He was so Brooke. He didn't, he didn't get rattled. Um, you know, Colorado really struggled to convert third downs. I don't know if they converted a third down in that game. They may have been over, but as we kept getting stops on defense, uh, he just kind of settled down. They had a really hard time running the ball. And like I said, without them having the ability to extend drives, it's, it started to really play to his strengths because he was just kind of a cool customer by nature. But there was a fire inside that guy. And it was a determination to want to prove that I can handle this. He had waited his turn. He had been tempted to, to want to transfer. We had other quarterbacks that transferred when Frazier had come in. They said, no, we're not beating out Frazier. But Brooke hung in there. And to see the grit and the grind and all of that work kind of, you know, flourish that day, overflow into that performance, which let everybody know, hey, they have a quarterback that could win a national championship for him. 
Colorado would finally get on the board with just over a minute left in the third quarter. The Buffaloes would finish with 314 yards of offense, but most of those coming after the game was well in hand for the Huskers. Colorado was 0 for 11 on third downs, 0 for 15 on third and fourth down tries, and to the roars of Memorial Stadium. Well, it was deafening. I mean, there were some times where that thing was, you know, we'd gotten another stop and, you know, you'd hear Hell's Bells play and, and that place would just light all the way up. Cordell Stewart was shut down. Those receivers, Michael Westbrook, they were shut down that day. They shut him down early, first of all. I thought that was really important. Rashad Salam got off to a slow start. I don't think Cordell Stewart ever got off to a, a really good start that day. I think that that was one of the worst games that I've seen him play. I mean, he struggled. And so I think we did a good job of not giving up big plays. We were a little bit of a rubber band defense as the game went on. We gave up some yards. Again, Salam might have gotten 100 yards by the, by the end of the third quarter, but we never let them get out of hand. We, de we never let them put a lot of points on the board. Uh, disappointingly, on the other side of the ball, even though we had started off great offensively, we kind of laid an egg in the second half. You know, we didn't really do much. It was just kind of a back-and-forth punt, back-and-forth game. Um, it never really got close. We had enough distance to win the game. So, you know, there were things that we wanted to work on, but against a really good, very talented, arguably as talented a team as there was in college football at Colorado, um, we did well. We had kind of rode that defense all year. I mean, contrary to popular belief, I, I think people thought we were always this well-oiled, smooth offensive machine, and we weren't. You know, we were clunky at times. I, I think we were trailing at the half to Wyoming earlier in the season, and, you know, we'd stopped practice and been pulled off the field a few times and had to start over. So it wasn't always smooth sailing, and I think the defense really rallied. It was kind of their mantra all year long. And we knew what kind of firepower uh, those guys had with Salam and, and, and Cordell Stewart. And, I mean, that receiving core had Lepsis and Ray Carruth. And I think Westbrook was on that team. So, it, I mean, it was a big deal for the Black Shirts to keep doing what they did. And with the 24-7 victory over Colorado, Nebraska would win their first game over a top five opponent since 1987. And the Huskers took the driver's seat to the Orange Bowl. CU quarterback Cordell Stewart after the game said, quote, this was the Orange Bowl game. We're not going, and they are. Eventual Heisman Trophy winner Rashawn Salam said, tell the guys from Nebraska to go get that national championship because they deserve it. And that they did. The win over Colorado propelled Nebraska to a Big 8 title and with a 24-17 win over Miami in the Orange Bowl, a national title. So the cool thing was Coach Osborne always brought it back to what he had told us all year. He said, you know, you got to win the games at home and beat conference opponents. And if you do that in this conference, that will put you in national championship contention talk. So both of those things kind of happened, right? Colorado's in our conference. Uh, it was a home game. We had to win it at home. So all the words that he would tell us all year um, were represented in, in that football game because he never talked about getting to championships. He talked about doing the little things in the meantime that would put you in position to win a championship. So that was huge. I felt like the national media finally was going to give us a little bit of credit um, for kind of the journey that we had been through because it wasn't easy playing without arguably your best player all year long. And it was a lot of some of the parts 
for us just to be a part of the good of on the good end of history right because people got to remember you know nebraska hadn't had a ton of success when it came to winning big games uh on that stage up until that point so that was just kind of a one more step in the stepping stone of what was to come of that 1994 season and so getting over the hump on that one on the national stage was a big one you know if you really look back on that season we were down to our fifth string quarterback there's no way we should have won the national championship that year and i tease coach rule about this because he was playing for the that 1994 penn state team who was neck and neck with us back and forth as to who was the number one team in the country and, um, you know, if you just look at Nebraska based on, uh, I don't know if they can get it done, man. They're down to their fifth string quarterback. Will Frazier come back and this, that, and the other. Um, that's what made that season so dramatic. Uh, our backup players, the Matt Termans of the world, the Monty Crystals of the world, not just Brooke Berenger, but those, those other quarterbacks. And, and it showed you the depth and what was built in this program. It was a development program. It wasn't just about the starters. The way we practiced, a lot of players practice. We have very few players standing around in practice. Everybody, the way Coach Osmond set it up, there's so many different stations. Everybody is improving. Everybody's getting better. And so these young men, when they get into their situations where they got to answer the bell, they were ready to do it because of repetitions and training. That's what I appreciated about not only that season, but the system that we had. Without that system, it wouldn't have happened. Thanks to Woodhouse for helping us celebrate 100 years of Memorial Stadium this season. Woodhouse Auto Family is your trusted auto partner with 20 brands and 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Jessica Cootie with the Huskers Radio Network.